Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. Sure. <laughs> My name is Kevin Schindler, and I'm the historian and public information officer here at Lowell Observatory, and I've worked here for 27 years. So we're in Flagstaff, Arizona. What makes this special for an observatory? Well, I think it's special because, because Lowell Observatory has really strong history of, of research, but it's not just old research. We, we still do it today. So it's this heritage of research that includes discoveries like Pluto, the first evidence of the expanding universe. Um, astronauts, some of the astronauts came here to train in preparation for going to the moon. Um, today, our research continues with one of the most powerful telescopes in the world, the Lowell Discovery Telescope. Um, and so we've got this heritage of research, but also a heritage of education and inspiring people about the night sky. Our founder, Percival Lowell, who came from a wealthy family in the Boston area, um, he founded the observatory um, to prove there was intelligent life on Mars, which he believed there was. And we know today there's no evidence of it, but that's why that's what inspired him to start the observatory. And from the very beginning, he said, essentially, what's the point of doing science unless you share it with everybody and make it accessible, inspire people, make them co-discoverers. Um, and so that's something we've done all along also. So Lowell is really unique because um, we're located in Flagstaff, which is 70 miles from the Grand Canyon. Um, we're at the intersection of two interstates, um, so it's, it's pretty easy to get to. Um, it's a destination anyways for Grand Canyon and places like Sunset Crater and Meteor Crater, Painted Desert, Sedona. Um, so it's a, it's a nice central point. And then the observatory is so unique because we have both science and outreach. And so we have, before COVID, BC, <laughs> 100,000 plus visitors a year to the point where we've outgrown our facilities. And we, we in the fall of 2019, opened a new observing plaza in which an entire building rolls back and you have six telescopes. For the, and this is all for the public to look at the night sky every night. Um, and then in 2024, we'll be opening a new visitor facility that really rivals the biggest and best astronomy centers in the world. And so for a place of Flagstaff size, it's really remarkable what this center is going to have. Um, and several hundred thousand square feet, three-story building, and the top story, part of it is going to be open. It's kind of like a planetarium, except we have dark skies here. Uh, this is the first international dark sky city, and so we're using the real thing. Um, look up at the stars. We have heated seats because it gets chilly here in the winter, <laughs> in the summer too. And so, so there's a lot of things that make it unique and there's I think also there's a personality of the place because Percival Lowell founded this and it's been a private institution since the beginning in 1894 and in fact the observatory was founded 18 years before Arizona even became a state so the state and the city of Flagstaff and Lowell have all grown up together you know it wasn't unusual 100 years ago to see railroad people and cowboys and scientists rubbing shoulders in town, and it's still like that today. Um, so 
there's a lot of personality. The family still essentially owns it. Um, we do work with outside agencies, of course, getting grants and such. But our staff today is 120 and growing rapidly. Annual budget of, gosh, it's, um, it's approaching $20 million um, because operating the scientific instruments we have and staff and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of personality because our founder is buried on site. Um, he's in a mausoleum here, and so as you're going up to the icon of the observatory, our um, old Clark 24-inch refracting telescope that's 32 feet long, looks like a classic Victorian telescope long tube. He's entombed within a hundred, couple hundred feet of that, and so you know we walk by and staff say Uncle Percy. Um, because our the person in charge, our sole trustee, is a great grandnephew of Percival Lowell. We we say Uncle Percy, <laughs> and so there's there's personality that visitors certainly feel because staff is like family here, and you know this is our place, this is our home, and so you really get that during visits, and then the location amongst the ponderosa pine trees at seven thousand feet elevation. Um, with the dark skies, it's it's really magical. And the smell, you know, it's an all sensory thing. The smell of ponderous pine trees, um, it's just it's it's just spectacular. And Flagstaff is only a mile away, and as the crow flies, even shorter. And yet, we're kind of it's kind of like on an island here. When you come up here, you know, it's it's really a special feel. Who first introduced you to astronomy? Um. I was first introduced to astronomy here at Lowell Observatory because my background, I grew up in Ohio and I collected fossils when I was a kid. And I either wanted to go into paleontology or archaeology because I like the old mummy movies too. And so I chose geology because that's what my favorite um, teacher I ever had. That's what he studied. He studied earth science and geology. And so I went to school, studied geology and, and, and um, paleontology worked in the Natural History Museum in Florida. And then when I moved to Flagstaff, I, I wanted to work in the science field. So I applied at Lowell Observatory because they had great history and, you know, science. And whether it's looking up or looking down, I thought it was fun. So that this is where I learned. Growing up in Ohio, you know, it was cloudy nights. So we didn't see the sky. I'd never thought about astronomy before I got here. And now what do you think about astronomy? Oh, I love it. I mean, <laughs> I love it because it's it's the oldest science, because the the, our, the ancients who started studying the stars, all they had was their eyeballs. They didn't have any special instruments. But just like today, even if you don't have a telescope or binoculars, like the lunar eclipse we had um, in earlier in May, anybody can go outside and see it. And And so to me, astronomy is fabulous because... As long as you're in a place where you can look up and see the sky, you you can you can find stuff and see stuff that's spectacular. Look through a telescope, it's even cooler. But I think the other thing also is um, astronomy so defines our lives. I mean, think about timekeeping. Um, the day, the month, the year, that's all defined on astronomy and the motions of the moon and earth and the sun. Um, and... And even things, you know, we think like our time, like a.m. and p.m. Those stand for anti-meridian and post-meridian, and that signifies the position of the sun. 
The meridian is this imaginary line um, from pole to pole that go that go overhead. And so the sun before it gets to the meridian is anti-meridian, that's the morning, hits the meridian at noon, then post-meridian afternoon. So these terms we use in everyday life, it's it's all astronomy based. And so I think that's I know I find that interesting. What is a great day at work like for you? Well, heck, pretty much everyone, and they're they're so different. Um, today, I um, I spend a lot of time in the office, which isn't necessarily usual. Quite often, I'll I'll give a tour or have a film crew come through. I mean, I kind of host them. Um, I write press releases here. Um, gosh, last week, uh, one day, I I went to pick up chairs for an event we were having to celebrate um, an astronomer that worked here, Carolyn Shoemaker. Um, I, I, gosh, I went over to a publishing place or, or a mailing house um, because I edit our newsletter. So I went there to, to pick up the extra copies and distribute them. Um, I also talked to one of the four remaining moonwalkers um, that, that I've talked with a couple times interviewing him because he's going to be visiting. Um, and so I don't know. Most days I, I enjoy, I like the diversity and I mean, I like sitting at the computer and working, but I also like going and talking to people and just making things happen. What's been the most challenging time for you here? And the most challenging probably, you know, we've, we have some, you know, organizations go through ebbs and flows and Years ago, in 2003-2004, we had signed off on a new research telescope, the Lowell Discovery Telescope. And that really forced us to change how we do things, because we had to start really generating income to, we're a nonprofit organization, but we had to generate income to build it, to operate it, um, take, and then you have to have a lot of people that are helping with that. And that meant ex expanding our public program even more. So there was you know, growing pains of transitioning of how we're going to do this and making it happen. And that was, that was kind of challenging. Um, I, you know, specific days back when I, when I managed the public program, you know, the days are, they were pretty wacky then of, you know, we're open to the public days and nights. And so maybe we'd have, you know, clear weekend, there's lunar eclipse, there's some tour buses that show up. We have hundreds of people here, not enough parking, um, and and then and then somebody gets sick on staff, and trying to cover all that. So, you know, I don't know. Every day has its challenges. Like like every job, it has its challenges. Um, we don't have a I don't have a job where, you know, you come home and you wonder if, you know, your spouse is going to be alive or not. Uh, we're not in the front lines so in medicine or military, and so. I remember that, like, you know, we can get stressed out and we're under the gun to raise money and promote the observatory. But on the other hand, we're here to, we're here to enhance people's lives. Um, there are other professions that are, that are keeping people alive, saving people's lives. So a stressful day here can be really stressful, like everywhere, but, but you keep that perspective that, you know, we're, we're doing, we're having fun here. It might be a long day, but it's fun. And so um, that's, you know, I keep coming in every day. <laughs> what do you think the average tourist takes away from their experience here? 
I would say there's a lot more to low observatory than we ever imagined, because that's a very typical response. You know, they might have heard about Lowell and maybe Percival Lowell and his um, controversial ideas about life on Mars, or the Pluto was discovered here. But when visitors come up here and realize we're still doing this significant cutting-edge research, as well as the grounds up here, we own 700-some acres, and we're just on the front end, most of this forest behind us, but you see these, these buildings, these historic buildings, Pluto was discovered with this building. And, and oh yeah, by the way, that guy walking by, he's discovered the largest known star. And oh, that lady over there, uh, she's involved with looking for planets around other stars. Um, this, this combination of the heritage of history and current education, history of, of, of research and ongoing research, as well as the education, it's more, for most visitors, it's, it's much more than they envision. And then, you know, the, the coolest thing maybe for so many visitors is the ability to look through telescopes. And there are, you know, we have, we have great history here. There are a lot of places with great history. But looking through telescopes is exquisitely unique. Um, you know, to be able to look at the sky without the aid of a telescope is, is great from dark skies like Flagstaff, to be able to put your eye to a telescope that was used to discover the expanding universe, and one where Apollo astronauts looked through as they were training to go to the moon, and as virtually every science education show on TV, Disney, Bill Nye the Science Guy, um, name it, has been here to film using that telescope. It's, it's a pretty special feeling. So we're sitting here in your office, yep. which is a place most visitors, I would assume, don't get to see. Right. So we have, you know, more than 100,000 visitors a year. It would be pretty cramped in here if everybody <laughs> came through here. What are What is your favorite object here in your office? Oh, gosh, my favorite object. Well, collectively, I have a number of books here. Um, I think... Um, if I was to make a stab, I, I can't count pictures of family because that's an obvious one for me. But I think I have a picture of a friend of mine with one of the Apollo astronauts. We were at an event. It's Walt Cunningham who was on Apollo 7 and my friend Joe Sims. We were at an event in Florida and at our table was Walt Cunningham. And we all looked at each other and realized we all had the same tie on. <laughs> and so this is a picture of us with a tie all looking silly. Um, and so I think that's the sort of thing um, because it's the personal it's the personal part. I mean, I don't know, I have a lot of books and I have a lot of stuff that's accumulated through the years, but it's the things that remind me of people. I have a picture of me somewhere here that, um, that oh, it's right behind you. It, one of my colleagues made that and did a little Photoshop <laughs> because we were doing some filming in the old telescope dome, and the way I was standing looked like Captain Morgan on the wrong thing. And so they photoshopped this picture of me. And again, that is the personality and the friendships um, <laughs> that makes it really special. So I think of all this stuff in here, I've got you know beer cans with astronomy themes on them and, and all sorts of moon mugs from different places. And um, I don't know, that gosh... I start looking at everything. I've got a, a piece of 
the original secondary mirror of the Lowell Discovery Telescope, there's a main mirror that's 14 feet across, and then there's a secondary mirror that's several feet across. And when they were making the original, it broke. Mm. Um, and we had to make another one. I have a fragment of that original one in here. Mm. And, you know, I look at that piece of glass and think of what it took to get to that point, and then they broke, and, and how for a day or so that really was very stressful because we didn't know, gosh, are we going to be able to finish this? How much more money? So just a piece of glass has a story behind it. I think it's pretty neat. And if there were one item here in your office that you would put on display for the public? Um, you know, I think I, it would probably be that piece of glass because, you know, you, you, know, you can say, I'm not going to pick it up for you because it's really sharp. <laughs> I can see yeah, it. You can it, see it looks much larger than I would expect from yeah. here. Very thick. Yes, yes, it's several inches thick, and I think I think maybe that because again, to me that represents years of planning to to build a telescope, lots of fundraising. This this something that felt like a tragedy at the time. My gosh, it broke during, and we had to start all over on that mirror, and then and then um, making the most of the situation, and in in hindsight. It was a blip on the radar, but that piece of glass to me represents progress and that you move forward, but sometimes you step backward, but you keep your vision forward and you accomplish what you want. So to me, you could look at a piece of glass and say it's just a piece of old piece of glass, but to me, there's a story that it tells. And on a personal note, how are you most like each of your parents? Gosh, like each of my parents... Um, uh, my mother, I would say I'm pretty friendly with people. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of introverted, but in my position, I'm more comfortable in a quiet setting, but I've worked with people so long in public that that's what I do. But she, she was, she's very gregarious and friendly with everybody, and I feel like I get along with most people. My dad... Um, Maybe it's on the other side that he, he was happiest when he was reading a book um, somewhere, quietly reading a book or listening to the ball game, driving home. And I have the same relaxation. I mean, I can I can enjoy time with people like my mom does. And I also, if I need downtime, it's shutting down and reading or listening to the ball game and quiet. What was the most magical moment that you had in the last year? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think professionally um, there are opportunities to see really neat celestial things like a total lunar eclipse. And not to just be able to see it, but to be able to do a live stream where I'm talking to people about it, getting them excited. So that's something. Um, you know, seeing my grandkids, I see them, a couple of them live in Washington, and seeing them and their parents, that, that's magical every time. And my granddaughter here in Flagstaff. Um, my wife and I spending time together is, you know, I, I did, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't have a favorite of a lot of things. I have a lot of favorites. And so most cherished moment or memorable moment, there's a lot of them. 
and, and professionally being able to see visitors who look through the telescope for the first time and they tear up because they've never seen anything like it. I, I mean, in the last year, I've seen that. Um, meeting people like um, the Apollo astronauts and others who really made a difference in the world. And I don't think of them as heroes per se, but somebody who, people who were dedicated to something um, and put so much effort into it. And I think they're inspiration. So there's a lot of things. How would you like to be remembered? Oh, I don't know. I guess somebody who showed up to work and loved what he was doing. Um, that's what I think of myself as. Um, I, I'm not, you know, the smartest person. Um, I'm not the, I don't put in the most work, but I'm pretty darn close. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel myself as an average guy who grew up in mid-America and we weren't wealthy growing up. You know, I didn't, you know, it was, I'm not the, wasn't the top of the class. I mean, I'm not dumb, but I, you know, I'm not like, you know, you walk around with some of our astronomers and others who were just brilliant minds. You know, I just feel like an average Joe walking down the street, but I've really been passionate about what I do. And, um, and so I think, you know, somebody who really enjoyed what they were doing and, and wanted to share it with others. Because I feel the same way as our, our founder, I guess, and that's, it's fun. This stuff's fun for me, but I love sharing it with people. And so if we have a group of amateur astronomers, it's great to show them the old telescope because for many, it's they've waited their whole lives to see it. And so for me to have the opportunity to share it is pretty neat. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh gosh, I need prep for this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, We're almost done. Yeah. Um, Best piece of advice I've ever gotten, um, uh, gosh, you know, I, th I think back, I think of what other people, what other advice other people have gotten, and I think of the person who discovered Pluto, Clyde Tombaugh, when he left home on the train, leaving home for the first time, really, for a significant time, his father at the train station said, Clyde, make yourself useful and beware of easy women. Uh, now, my parents never gave me that <laughs> advice, but I, I think, um, you know, both my parents, you know, wanted those kids to just be happy in life and um, find what you enjoy and you can make a career out of it. And I think that I still believe that and follow that. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to make a lot of money, then go in that path. If you want, if you enjoy, um, inspiring kids and want them to learn to be a teacher and and you can get paid for whatever it is so i think that's probably it right. if folks want to learn more or plan a visit to the observatory um yeah our website is lowell.edu um, and so there's everything you want to know there and if not there's contact information and i'm i'm always glad to talk to people i'm kevin at lowell.edu my email and again my my job is, I, I feel like I'm an ambassador of World Observatory to share what we do, what we've done in the past, excite people to come here. So whatever it takes to do that, um, I'm glad to do it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate Great. your time. Thanks.